What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast. This is the podcast that unites, ignites, and excites the queer women of color community. I am Money, the dissertating dyke. And I am Nikita. And I am your... You just said it! No, I had a different one. (laughs) I am your sapphic seductress. You really trying it after that studs McTwerkle, ain't you? Yeah. All right, y'all. Let's get into the intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Hey, every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, taint you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sis, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, love you, you love. All right, Nikita, you want to let everybody know where to find us? Yes, you can find us on Twitter, where our handle is at QueerWalkPod. It's also the same on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, QueerWalk, colon, the podcast. And you can also find us, QueerWalk.com, which is our yes. Tumblr. Yeah. And where they can listen? They can listen to us on Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. True. Thank you. (laughs) The opposite (laughs) of false. What are you doing? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So this queer liberation community comes at a cost. And the way y'all can help us sustain it is one of two ways. The first way is communal. Y'all can get out here in these uh, internet streets and use the hashtag QueerWOC just to bring visibility to the podcast, let people know that you're listening, put other queer women of color onto it, suggest a queer walk of the week, all suggest a topic, all viable ways to use the hashtag. The second way you Wait, can... Wait, what is the hashtag again? QueerWOC. Thank you. Queer W-O-C. You're welcome. Is this like mind control? (laughs) Queer control. (laughs) Queer walk agenda complete. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. The second way you can sustain is monetarily. Um, Of course, Nikita likes to say you can become a sustainer by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash queer walk pod. That's queer, W-O-C-P-O-D. And there, you can just make a monthly donation. Um, We have some suggestions for you. You can give more or less. Either is fine. Or you can just come on through and drop some coins off on the PayPal, which is paypal.me slash queer, W-O-C. That's not a monthly donation. It's just I got five extra dollars and I'm wanting to throw it y'all way. Oh, I hit the lotto! (laughs) I want to throw 5,000 your way. 
But that's that's just a way to help us pay to continue to do this. I know y'all always requesting like, what is it? The compilation episodes that would require so much editing that I I would be able to, or Nikita, now that she edits, um, would be able to do if we had some of our labor time paid for. So, yes. And there's other suggestions that people um, have put out there, like, who would do a compilation of the mental moments? Or, you know, who would want a greatest hits of these fire ass intros I've this been is true. making? Yeah. Again, takes time and finances to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So come on through. Use the hashtag or give us the monetary donations. Ooh. All right, Nikita, you want to get us into the queer walk of the week? Oh, sorry. The queer walk, queer walk, queer walk of, of the, the week. week. So, the Queer Walk of the Week this week is Erica Malingino. And so, Erica is, um, she is an Afro-Brazilian trans woman. And so, she's the first to win uh, a seat in the State House, which is Sao Paulo. And she's one of 50 trans candidates that ran in the recent election. 50? 50. Five Wow. And... Uh, we mentioned Mariel Franco um, on a previous episode, who was our Queer Walk of the Week. Presente. Presente. And Erica is one of this, a group called the Seeds of Mariel. And this is in reference to the 231 black women that ran for office. And they did it as an homage to Mariel Franco, who oh, was, wow. of course, the... The counselor, the organizer, and the activist who was unfortunately assassinated back Mm -hmm. in March of this year. You know, Mariel, again, black woman, spoke out against police brutality, uh, spoke out in support of uh, people who lived in the favelas, you know, which are, you know, working class, poor communities in uh, Brazil. She's from Rio de Janeiro. And um, just to speak to the importance and the power and the legacy of Mariel, there's this quote. From Erica, where she says, I cried a lot when I heard about Mariel's murder. Her political project was just wiped out. It was a message to us that we should not be there fighting over our bodies and resisting genocide and racism. I had so much hate in me. At the same time, I knew I needed to take this hate and do something positive with it. Mm. And so that, of course, you know, the really horrific and unfortunate assassination of Mariel is one mm. of the things that compelled Erica to run for public office. And so, and again, like I said, there's 231 black women in this in the Seeds of Mariel group that ran. And then I, I think I saw that in the previous election, it was like 114 black women had once run. So... The number of black women that ran in this election was, was doubled, doubled yeah. right? And so Erica is a member of the Partido Socialismo y Libertad, which is the, the party for liberation and socialism. I guess that's, I think that would be the, um, what do you call it? Translation. The translation. Mm-hmm. But so this isn't, so prior to running for office, oh, my Portuguese is terrible. So please, um, yeah, I was about to say, don't trash me, but even if you do trash me, just go ahead and teach me the per- the correct pronunciation. So she was a part, she founded this organization in 2016 called Aparela Luzia, which is, um, she describes it as an urban quilombo. And of course, a quilombo slash maroon societies, this speaks to the, the 
the rural communities and the places where uh, formerly where enslaved people escaped mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. in the um, countryside. Of course, first and foremost, to free, you know, to run run away from, escape the atrocities of slavery, but also to maintain their um, culture. Yeah, the traditional mm-hmm. cultural uh, African uh, heritage and cultural practices. And so at Aparilla Luzia, it's a culture center where there's live music, there's art, and there's an intellectual, it's like an intellectual hub. And so they did this profile of her. And um, Afropunk on the website, and they were talking of so somebody went to the um, the the Urban Quilombo, and there that week the out of the activities and programs that they had, so there was um, there was like a gallery, there was live music, but then there was a discussion about black masculinity. There was this wow. feature on black women rappers, and so and a lot of people said um, that it was a space that they felt at home in. It was mm. it was a space that she describes as specifically like celebrating uh, black culture and like educating um, and just doing um, like really important and meaningful culture and political work mm. um, in the community. So that legacy that she's already created uh, in the Aparela Luzia, it's like that's the, definitely the kind of thing that she will um, take forward in her run um, in Congress. And so she's running or she got elected? She she won. Oh, she won. So she won. Okay. She uh, won. But this, um, her win is actually really um, important because unfortunately, somebody else who won, and I think it's kind of like what we would consider like a primary. There's another mm-hmm. election in the October 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person who's running for, um, I think it is president. Yes, it is. So yeah. uh, it's it's this really horrific. Yeah, he's, he's running like for president. Yeah, yeah. far right, um, mm-hmm. basically fascist. Uh, Bolsonaro, totally racist. Yeah, totally homophobic. And he's terrible. been meeting with people from this government. Like, right, he's been meeting with people from like Trump's cabinet and all this stuff. And and so he's already you know fighting to roll back, you know the rights you know, that people have been um, fighting for. Mm-hmm. And so, like, her win is really important. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, like, an imp- important bulwark against this, again, this really um, atrocious far-right uh, Bolsonaro. And it's interesting that, you know, I've seen that um, some people have dubbed him, you know, Brazil's Trump. But I think that that, I mean, that's kind of, like, sensationalized, but I think that it kind of misses out on the broader point that, Unfortunately, across the globe that we've been seeing this rise of mm. the far right and uh, white supremacists, whether you're talking about Western Europe, Eastern Europe, um, you know, again, Bolsonaro, whether you're talking about here. So it's it actually, unfortunately, is um, a, a wider global um, phenomenon. So, um, again, so it's she's like many other people um, across the globe, you know, are again standing up and fighting back, fighting back mm-hmm. uh, specifically against this really uh, nasty right wing uh, reactionary mm-hmm. regime and agenda. So lots of um, love and support to Erica. We will post some links, uh, some videos and some articles um, about her. That's her. Yeah. She's a baddie. Yeah, you ain't say that. Sorry. Usually we lead with that, but I guess we should stop that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but when Her we work say, is important. When we say a baddie, we mean it as an as an all-encompassing. Yes, term. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she is a baddie. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to move it on along to community contributors. This week, we just want to shout out folks who have been... Um, 
giving us love on Twitter. Using the hashtag QueerWOC. Yes. That's right. Thanks, Nikita. So first is um, the magical birth-working baddie herself, Sequoia. Sequoia. Yes. Uh, doula for a queen. Uh, what's her uh, handle? Your, Your Highness? Your Highness? Yes. Um, Sequoia writes... Listening to Queer Rock Pod's new episode. If you like podcasts, then you should definitely take a listen. They are brilliant AF and hilarious, and I'm proud to call them my friends. Bitch, you know we love you. <laughs> we, lo- we love the shit out of Sequoia. I really love her. I had a really rough day on Saturday, and she just like took me to this restaurant that I had never been to in Syracuse. And we just sat there for like hours talking. So after she blessed uh, black women in the community with all her doula knowledge, yes. she continued mm-hmm. to show up. bless black women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love you so much, Sequoia, truly. Love you. Now we're going to go to a tweet from Mathoko uh-huh. Postbox. Is that almost that, that's That's how I would say it. Math OKO underscore Postbox. Queer Walk. Two of the dopest black queers just being unapologetically black and queer. That's that, us. That should be our uh, bio. Yeah. We should change our bio right Nailed now. it. Just, that's just what we do over here. That's right. And we also have... What would you so call this? Had, so a suggestion... Because we asked because of last week's uh, mental moment... Oh. About um, like food justice and reproductive justice, um, rela- like related to like queer folks of color struggling with eating disorders. We asked for suggestions, and y'all really like came through. Y'all tagged us in a lot of stuff, so thank you so much. Shot back, you know, we always got mad love in the RGV. So Jenny uh, sent us a great suggestion, and she said, "Check out La Frontera Fun and hit up." Uh, the person's uh, tw- <laughs> Twitter handle is Taco Farts. I know her as, as Erica. Totally uh, just a badass. Another Erica? Uh, There's so something Erica about that name. Who stays doing gay abortion witchcraft. So thank you so much mm-hmm. to Jenny. And you all should check out uh, La Frontera Fund, which is uh, an abortion fund. Helps make sure that folks in the RGV uh, can get access to abortions. And shout out to... Uh, Handle Taco Farts, an amazing badass um, organizer in the RGV. Yeah. Um, related to that, Sacred Womanhood tagged us uh, to Sister Song underscore WOC. They do reproductive justice work and they call themselves Reproductive Justice Warriors. Thank you for that suggestion. I'm so excited. Should we post links to those yeah, organizations? We should, we should, yeah, we should. So we'll post links in the description. For like everything that we got tagged to and are now aware of, I, I follow back all of those pages. So that's great. And yeah. if there's organizations or people in your area um, who you would love for us to amplify the work or that we're even doing, interview, yes. for them to be on the yes. podcast, just let us know or let them know and link us. Link us. Yeah, we would love to do that. We would. Moving on along to everyone's secretly and not so secretly favorite segment. Sure. The mental moment with money. <clears throat> do you really got to do that? I do have to because I, yes. <clears throat> Grab your niacin and vitamins and listen to your therapizing friend. 
share her wisdom with all queer women. So grab some paper and your favorite pen. It's about to begin. Not in. And I promise you, I promise you that money's about to heal again. Heal again. Heal again. Money's about to heal again. I thought you said it was a phoned in one. That wasn't phoned in. It was phoned in. It wasn't. It's not one of my better ones. Did you catch what the song? Was? No, I don't know the song. But it's like, breathe it again. Really good. Breathe again. Tony Braxton. It didn't. That's how I know I failed. Thank you for crushing my singing dream. No, I just... And from here on out, from October 15th, I will never, ever sing again. No, it's just, I don't know that song. Oh, my God. I don't even... <laughs> you said it's by Tony Braxton? I'm sorry. I just, I told you earlier, you, like, do, I need to do you just... Know? Do you Catch know up who on Tony the Braxton 80s is? greatest hits. I do know who Tony Braxton yeah, is. Yeah, you're like Tony Braxton. She's, Everybody knows Tony, that amazing uh, singer. She, who's Tamar's older sister. Oh, I didn't, I, you know, even with the name, I thought you were going to be like, yeah, did, didn't Tony sing with Dean Martin? <laughs> no, I know Tony Braxton. I know, um, oh, no, wait. That was Whitney Houston. Oh, um, God, this is I was about to say, shoot, 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 no. shoot, better. That that's, is, that's Whitney, Whitney right? Yeah. Um, wow. Wait, I know a Tony Braxton song. Do you? Oh, my God. Oh, what are you thinking? Did you know about Wow, that's not second? even like, that's not even, Did you I mean, know yes, that's I know Tony. husband. Girlfriend, to be thinking about him. Why do That's not even like him? classic Tony, though. Did you know I made him leave? Did you know he'd rather stay with me? He wasn't man enough for me. That's, that's, that's Tony. I mean, yeah, that's Tony, but not like Quentin So Central. many reasons why I love this <laughs> Okay. We're going to get into the mental moment because Nikita was sitting here all night dogging me for not knowing songs that came out yeah. before I was born. You were born. <laughs> I know I was. You I, were feel, born. I feel like I can hear Diamond screaming. Like, <laughs> yeah. like what? There's a collective black woman screaming, actually. <laughs> I do I do know Tony Braxton, y'all. No, she doesn't. I do. Okay. All right. So, um,. For this mental moment, I just wanted to talk a little bit about mindfulness. Why did you just roll your eyes? (laughs) See, that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because actually what this segment is quickly becoming is reclaiming shit that Nikita thinks that people of color don't deal with. Okay. Wow. You just really put me out like that. Actually, no, I reject that. I appreciate and understand the importance of mindfulness. Your anxious, neurotic ass should. Isn't that, don't you have some kind of confidentiality? (laughs) I'm not your therapist. I'm a therapist, not your therapist. Damn. All right. So the reason why I wanted to talk about mindfulness, um, one is because I have an incredibly stressful uh, job right now. And yeah, just so just to keep myself present, I have to practice mindfulness. And so I was jokingly saying this quote to Nikita earlier, but I think it's really powerful. And it just, it reminds me all the time about mindfulness. As a Virgo and also somebody who's working on my dissertation, like, I feel kind of frozen in, like, perfection. Like, I need to be perfect. Like, if I'm going to put something out, it needs to be excellent, top-notch, or, like, why do it? Which, obviously, like, 
perfection is a really um, high bar. And so that means I'm frozen a lot of the time. And so there's this quote that my boss wrote on the wall at our clinic because we have a chalk chalkboard wall. And the quote says, you don't have to be perfect, just present. And I don't know, that quote was just like, huh. It just totally reminded me of mindfulness. And so I've been thinking about it this last mm. week. So I thought I would hop on in here and do that for the mental moment. I said, mm, like, I think it just resonated. It just hit me. Go ahead. What? The, the quote. You don't have to be perfect, just present. Just present, I get that. And how it yes. relates to mindfulness. But go ahead. It's, this is your segment. <laughs> In, indeed it is. I'm just saying, um. couple, in about a couple more segments, I'm a finna have my, what's it, the L, the limited license? <laughs> LPMFT? I'm finna have that. <laughs> You're gonna have a whole, okay. Um, so, before I jump into exactly what mindfulness is, um, there was another report, I feel like we've linked to Our Health Matters before, we've had to. But they did a um, really thorough report on LGBT youth of color in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was an amazing report. But in the, what is it called, Nikita? Executive, Executive summary. There were like really, <laughs> really good points in there about like what LGBTQ youth and folks of color, young folks of color need to be okay. Um, and so I just... I don't know. I really like some of the quotes in there and it pointed to like the call for or the necessity for mindfulness. So in the report, they found that youth are expressing interest interest in alternative forms of um, behavioral and mental health and substance abuse treatment um, to promote health within their communities. Uh, One youth felt that the ideal substance abuse treatment would incorporate community based healing without stigma, working in groups. Mm-hmm. And and others stated and kind of echoed the same thing. I mean, last week I ended with like commu- com- finding community yeah. and feeling connected to community. I mean, that's exactly what this is saying too. So we just keep finding over and over yeah. again that like community has equals better health outcomes. So one of the quotes from um, the Our Health Matters study is, I'd like to see some alternative or holistic approaches to mental health. Reiki, acupuncture, mindfulness. Um, essentially... The queer youth of color that they were um, interviewing and studying um, reported that they want to decrease reliance on extreme measures for mental health, like hospitalization and medication, and they would prefer more holistic, community-based approaches. So what I try to do always with this segment is stuff that you can do just with yourself. And I think that's exactly what the queer youth of color in this research study echoed. And that makes me feel happy because one of the, one of the um the suggestions from this study was to include the voices of queer and trans youth of color in like what you what the solution is that you're trying to create. Yes. And um so you know when I be out here talking about oh community like I really do try to keep my ear to the community and see what what it is that we say we want for our healing. So, getting to that, why mindfulness? So, mindfulness, you can do anywhere, anytime. You don't need nothing, and that's why. It's free. (laughs) You can do it. Um, And it has so many beneficial health outcomes. I mean, mindfulness has been shown. When I was working in uh, chemical dependency, I remember there, there was this study on the water I used to walk past all the time that folks who were dealing with, like, um, opiates 
or like heroin addictions saw a 34% decrease in use just from using mindfulness. So this is without going to therapy. This is without like things such as like Suboxone or Methadone. Simply with mindfulness practices, they saw a 34% decrease in the in the use of um, substances. So I'm like, if it could work with that, bitch, <laughs> this little... um. This little anxiety that I feel on these day-to-day basis is that can get knocked right on out of there. So mindfulness just simply means uh, consciously choosing to focus on a particular experience in the present moment. Mm. So this, I feel like mindfulness often gets conflated with things like yoga, meditation, or like even um, eating. Like last week I talked about um, struggling with Ed and a lot of nutritionists do like mindful eating workshops. I I just wanted to like, um, I just wanted to state that like mindfulness is a practice within itself. And so when a lot of people hear mindfulness, they think we about to sit down and meditate. That's that's usually my first thought. Yeah. That's, that's not what mindfulness is. It's just a way that you can do mindfulness. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm not good at meditation. Um, even when I, I used to think that I'm just not good in sitting with the silence, so I would put on like a guided meditation. I just can't. It it, it gets annoying to me to hear somebody be like, "Take a deep breath in, and take a deep breath out." Like I just can't. I cannot do that. Um, and so I found other ways to be mindful because again, mindful is just like consciously choosing to focus on a particular experience. So something like mindful eating. Uh, I remember doing this in a class in my master's program, and I thought it was so funny then. But it to- it's like, it's right now I'm like, oh, I want to use this exercise with one of my clients. Um, so the professor passed out um, like nuts, like crunching nuts, like almonds and stuff like that, and asked us to like intentionally focus on how it felt in our mouth, the taste, the flavor, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then she passed out prunes. <laughs> Like squishy, wet, like total, yeah. total different texture, right? And she's like, now I'm like focus on that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so something like that, I find that I'm more able to do because I'm like, I, I don't know. It's just totally different to me than meditating. Yeah. Um, so meditating yeah. is one tool of mindfulness. It's one tool. Okay. It's not the be all end all of okay. mindfulness. Um, so I just wanted to give some suggestions or some like pointers about mindfulness. So research, research has shown that mindfulness has a better impact if done in group settings. I think this is because you don't want to be the bitch in the class off task (laughs) or, (laughs) or like other people hold you accountable essentially. Um, and so if we supposed to be reciting this thing and really focused, focused on the words we saying and you the one laughing, you, you kind of feel like, Ooh, let me get back on task. Right. Um, mindfulness has four parts. The first part begins with being present. Um, that just means, uh, y'all know I love me some grounding techniques. Just putting yourself where you are. A lot of times I start being present with like feeling myself on the seat that I'm sitting in, if that makes sense. Like really bringing my focus to my ass <laughs> sitting on the seat. For real, because our brains are really magnificent and like all the stuff we get used to not thinking about. Yeah. Like you don't think about how heavy your clothes are on you. You, you you tune that out as you go through the day. You don't think about how it feels to be sitting on the chair. Yeah. But mindfulness is all about that. Consciously choosing to focus on a particular experience. Okay. So I like starting there when I'm about to get mindful. 
I just, I just am like, what does it feel like to be sitting where I am? Um, so that's the first part. The second part is being aware. I like to take in my surroundings. I think in a, in a I can't remember what number episode it was. I did the anxiety countdown. Yes. Um, and the first thing is like five things I could see. Yes. It's like a room scan. And it just, it just, I don't know. It again brings to awareness being aware. I remember watching this video again when I was in my master's program of um, they had the people who all work in that office describe the office. And you would be surprised. You spend all day, like eight to five in there, how wrong they had the details of their office. Wow. And that's because we're not mindful. Yeah. We're just going through our day, doing our sure. boop to boop. And so, yeah, that's the second step, being aware. Third step of mindfulness, sitting with emotions. Mm-mm. I feel like this is where you lose a lot of people. I'll do three out of four. So, okay. I said I, I don't like this, but I'm about to get in my bag. <laughs> Your mind is a waiting room. <laughs> so, when, when you start to bring yourself to the moment, a lot of stuff can come up for you. It's kind of like hip openers and yoga. Like, I hear a lot of people say that when they do hip op- openers, a lot of emotion comes up because we store a lot of energy in the mm. center of our body. Okay. That's kind of the same thing about being aware like you start to scan your room and you be like, oh shit, I never realized that thing was about to fall down or something. You know, yeah. like it's just so, a lot of stuff comes up for you. Um, if those things are emotions, again, treat your mind like a waiting room. It's like, hey, sadness, I see you. I kind of figured you was there. I was I was waiting on you to show up, bitch, because I knew you was going to pop up. But I'm doing this right now. And so I will get to you when I'm done with this. That's how I think about like sitting with emotions. If if you feel like you want to cry or you have to cry when you are actually present with yourself, go ahead and do yeah. that. <laughs> don't don't try to stuff down your emotions because that's exactly the opposite of what mindfulness is trying to do. Okay. This is an experience that you are intentionally wow. trying to be cognizant of. Okay. Um, that's good. Sorry. Yeah. I feel like you're directly speaking to me on that one, which is why I'm responding <laughs> in this way. Yeah. For me, a lot of times what comes up when I'm being mindful is anger. Mm. Like, I just get mad as hell. And I think it's because, for me, anger is the bodyguard emotion. It's the emotion that pr- protects me from feeling all the other stuff that might might be too hard for you me know, to I deal with. You know, I always heard that anger was a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, I, you know, I think about it as really, like, it's easier for me to deal with anger than it might be to deal with, like, being, um, being yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or... Or being, like, let down by someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, sit with those emotions. What comes up for you? Um, And know that it's okay to deal with that. And you will get to the roots and all that shit of it later. Remember, your mind is a waiting room. It's like, yes, I feel this right now. I can't do shit about it right now. I'm sitting in this chair in this room. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to deal with this right now. And the last part of mindfulness is not judging yourself. So I I feel like this should almost come before the sitting with emotions because whatever you feel is okay. Anything you feel is part of a human experience. There's no like judgment in feeling it. Um, A lot of times you might feel guilty for like, oh shit, I can't believe it's been X amount of time since I've thought about myself or it's been X amount of time since I drank some water. Like whatever you're doing to be mindful, 
um, or to sit with yourself, don't judge yourself on that. Because what happens is you fill yourself with guilt. Um, And then when you get filled with guilt, you start to feel shame around it. And then you don't ever come back to mindfulness, Mm. something that can really help you. Um, So, yes, try try really hard to not judge yourself. A lot of... A lot of times I'm filled with guilt all, to, all the time. So I always have to work through not judging myself. And how I do it is I, I ask myself if so-and-so friend was going through this, yeah. would I say the yeah. same thing to them that I'm saying to myself yeah. right now? I would never allow somebody to treat my friends like that. So yeah. why do I treat myself in yeah. that way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that just snaps me right back. You're, yeah. like, You're right, bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So again, the four parts, being present, being aware, sitting with your emotions, and not judging yourself. Um, So my last points in mindfulness and bringing it back to us um, is my favorite ways of doing mindfulness. (laughs) I think I might have said this. Did I say this on a, a different episode? But I love being mindful to trap music. Like, it just does something for me. It's something about the vibration of you the beat. I remember. It is. It yeah. just, it really does it. It knocks everything out of my head. And it's like, you're going to be here right now. And so a lot of people are like, oh, does this really work if you have something like ADD or ADHD? So Nikita going to clown me. But I was actually reading an article in Family Therapy Magazine that, <laughs> that something like 74% of... I mean, I don't agree with this language of what they call like low functioning students responded to these mindfulness workshops. So this, this again is like, wow, that's a that's a lot. When you think about just sitting somewhere for 10 minutes and there being a, a drop in your anxiety or how focused you can be mm. to something like that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, we're talking about something that's not medication. That's not some kind of like intense intervention musical suggestion for mindfulness uh, to bring you uh, consciously to the moment. This one actually, uh, it makes me feel like spiritually awake. And uh, it's an album called Black Fantastic. Um, it's called Black Fantastic. I'm, I needed to check that that was the name of the album because the, I know the group's name is Black Fantastic too. Y'all, these songs on this, it's like they, they were like, you need some mindfulness music. Here you go, bitch. And it's just, like, so great. One of my... um, Well, I'll give y'all two of my favorites. Two of my favorites off the album. One is Time. And it's like, you can't be tripping on time. And then the other one is, I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's repetitive. Again, right? And again, the beats are fire, fuego. Um, but it goes, you ain't got to dig so far. Black diamonds in your heart. Soul made of gold. Eyes made of stars. Great is God that he made you rich. The greatest things you own, God gives. And it just repeats that over and over again. And it just reminds me of being a little girl for some reason. And... Makes me think about like how truly um, incredible I am made and puts me back in my body. So those are my mindfulness suggestions. Y'all. I love that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to start calling uh, mindfulness the Janet Jackson approach because you said it's the thing that you could do anywhere. 
So it's anytime. the anytime, any Anyways. place. Okay, maybe we should call mindfulness that. Then you'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and now our bi-weekly word from our womanist worker wordsmith wizard. Oh my god. Nikita. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Are you just gonna keep adding? Yeah. Oh my god, I hate the, I actually hate the yeah. I hate it. I forgot the other W that I was gonna put in there. I don't from the last episode. Please just actually I really I actually appreciate adding new W's. <laughs> I'll find more. Oh my god! Somebody tag me in a. Please uh, don't throw another W in the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag queer wizards <laughs> of, of color. color. <laughs> All right. So this week's word is esto no tiene nombre. So I was in um, a queer rabbit hole, which sounds like a sex position. Oh, it does. But I was just in a rabbit hole, just looking up some stuff around like National uh, Coming Out Day, and I was reading some article about you know the Gay Liberation Front. I was in the footnotes, and then all of a sudden, it led me to this um, this Latina lesbian zine from the early nineteen nineties. And so tonight we are recording on October fifteenth which is the end of Latino Heritage Month. So I was mm-hmm. like, what a, this would be a, a nice way to bookend Latino Heritage Month. So this magazine, or L- Latina Lesbian Zine, called Este No Tiene Nombre, was founded by this uh, lesbian support and social group in Miami. And the name of the group was Las Salamandres del ambiente which means salamanders in the life i think that's how i saw it translated so you're probably like what the fuck does that mean? yeah what does that mean so there was this um i think i don't think that the theory the scientific theory turned out to be true but at one point i guess there was this idea that female salander female salamanders reproduced didn't need men to mm-hmm. reproduce mm-hmm. so it was like so I think they were like, oh, well, they lesbians, uh-huh. right? And then, of course, in the life, is that's kind of been the term Slang, that yeah. people of color used to talk about being queer gay, or yeah. lesbian, right? Or, yeah, gay. So this was a lesbian. So the last Salamandres del Ambiente was the lesbian support and social group in Miami. And so este, esto no tiene nombre it it started in 1990 by this group and it was their newsletter and the creative organ of the organization so at the this zine kind of had two lives it ran from 1990 and until 1994 and so the different topics that the zine covered um were identity feminism the erotic working with other women of color in coalitions, language. So it was the articles, the poems, the reviews. Most, a lot of the work was in Spanish. It was in English or it was also in uh, Spanglish. And I just want to, let me just say the backup and say the four, uh, the names of the four founders. So one was Tatiana de la Tierra, 
The other was Margarita Castilla. The another was Vanessa Cruz. And the last one is Patricia Pereira Pujo. Hopefully I'm not butchering that. And so it's so interesting because the four founders, uh, so they were in the, the Salamander, but there was actually a split in the Salamander group because there were those who were you know, who are open. They just, they would say mm -hmm. anytime, any, uh, anytime, any place. <laughs> wow. Jan, this, this is really a Janet Jackson episode. <laughs> and we're, and you're going to even see why that, um, why Janet actually is helpful here because there were any, any lesbian, any uh, Latina lesbian that wanted to submit, they said that they wanted to publish it, mm -hmm. but there was a real split around basically erotic content. So the four founders that I just mentioned, they were like, Anything, anything goes, right? But there are other uh, members of the group who were really outraged. So, like, for instance, uh, Tatiana de la Tierra uh, wrote a review of some lesbian sex videos. And mm -hmm. other people in the group, they were like, that's, bitch, that's too far. What? That's That's too much. <laughs> and so there was, like, there was this line drawn around erotic content in the, um, in the group. And at one point, this is kind of ridiculous. They, they came up with a compromise where there could only be one orgasm per issue. And if you know anything about lesbian sex, that's the only place where there would only be limited to one <laughs> orgasm. Okay. What did that mean? Like the word orgasm was? Uh, so I think make, like one description or one um, or broadly, it might have been like you can, you can only have one like erotic or overly explicit oh, thing in the. Okay. In got the, it. Um, got it. In the zine. <laughs> What a rule. So, <laughs> right. So the straw that pretty much broke the camel's back was when Tatiana. Or the straw that broke the camel toe. <laughs> oh, my God. When she wrote that review of them lesbian sex videos, that's when there was like a formal break. Right? That's when they were like, all right. I'm team Tatiana. Right. So, anyway, this, this zine and when it was. In the incarnation of Esto No Tiene Nombre, it was around, again, from 1990 and until 1994. And the zines, they were sent all over the U.S. They were sent in Mexico. They were sent to Latin America and in the Caribbean. So oh, wow. it was truly like um, an international or transnational mm -hmm. uh, like culture, like cultural organ, right? And so what happened was... I just I just want to say this just because you know we always I feel like we always talk about her, uh, but it's it's always worth saying that. So they also reached out to and worked to worked with other like women of color uh, publications and presses, of mm -hmm. course, including Kitchen, Kitchen Table <laughs> Women of Color Press and others such as what is that Nayad and Firebrand. And so at this Ooh, point, Firebrand. so around they published a lot of Cheryl Clark. Is that I was that I knew mm -hmm. it sounded familiar. Thank, thank you for having that uh, black queer history, that black lesbian history right there. <laughs> you know. And we know how you feel about Cheryl Clark, so please don't be trying to in get into whatever thruple or anything like that. <laughs> anyway, so around, so it was around 1994 or 1995, I think they like formalized into like, they like, what do you call it? It was like incorporated. It turned into some kind of formal mm -hmm, entity. Mm -hmm. And and it was recognized by Florida, by the state of Florida. Because again, remember, they're based in Miami. Miami. So once they got that um, sort of, for lack of a better word, um, 
like that formalization or that kind of like official status, then they were able to apply for different kind of grants. And so that that gave it um, more money, more funds to increase the span and the scope of the publication. But what I thought was really interesting is that they basically had to figure out and learn how to do all this shit by themselves. Mm -hmm. So like none of them had had any experience and grant writing, they had learned um, about they like garnering subscriptions uh, with other gay and lesbian um, periodicals. They, uh, I, I want to find it where they talked about like learning how to like print shit. And basically, it was uh, really just like, Real kind of like, yeah, yeah, learning, like they, learning as, as you go, yeah. right? Oh yeah. So uh, Tatiana, um, she like coordinated the mailing list and the calls for uh, submissions. And then she also um, focused on getting them a national presence um, and, again, establishing exchange subscriptions with other gay and lesbian periodicals. And it's like, you know, we kind of live in a moment where there's like, to use uh, your word, like, in a lot of ways, like, with blogging, social media and all this kind of stuff, a lot of this stuff is ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. But it's like that, it wasn't as easy to Mm -hmm, do that. mm -hmm. I I mean, quite... Quite honestly, it's still um, not that easy to do it now. But it's just, I just love the fact that they learned how to do all this shit. Yeah. Like, like basically as they went. So, in 1995, with this... because this, So, they were getting this funding. They, again, had established this national presence. And so, the zine was revived. And in 1995, the name was changed to uh, Conmotion, which is like commotion, you know, with mm. motion. And so... At this point, they had a national editorial board, which was, you know, complete with Latina, lesbian writers, leaders, academics. This incarnation of the zine didn't last as long, um, but from that, it lasted from about 1995 to 1996. And they did, they covered things around, uh, they just, again, were doing a lot around the erotic Mm-hmm. And I mean, I bet that had to feel good to the four founding members because that was what mm-hmm. you know they broke That's away. What they, they wanted, wanted. They, they, wanted. Yeah. Like, they they didn't want that that kind of content censored. So there was that. Uh, there was a lot around um, activism and culture. Uh, like in the first issue, there was a conversation with Sherry Moraga and just kind of the interesting shit that they were doing. There was an interview between Amy Concepcion and her activist self. But how fucking meta is that? Wow. That's just real, like, experimental, you know, kind of wild shit, right? And it's like, where else could that have been done in, you know, 1990s, in the 1990s, but, uh, you know, a Latina With lesbian. a bunch of lesbians, yeah. Right. And so, wow. and then, so again, like, that second issue was really focused on sexuality mm-hmm. and um, pleasure. So I'd never heard of this. And again, I totally found out about it on a fluke. But. Unfortunately, one of the things, so one of the reasons why it was so short-lived is because and the, when it was a uh, conmotion, unfortunately, the it kind of went, not kind of, it was bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And so this is the thing that always ends up getting us in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lack of funds. Fucking capitalism. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. But I just thought that that was, I just had never heard of this ever. And I was just so excited you know, to find out about it. But so even though Conmotion was around for only three issues, the three issues overall included work from 84 contributors and from 38 different cities around the world. So even with, 
you know, of course they were, you know, mm-hmm. getting uh, grant money. I'm sure it wasn't anything huge, but mm-hmm. even with that shoestring budget, I mean, that that's a pretty wide and phenomenal reach. Wow. And so I just wanted to, again, as we close out of Latino Heritage Month, I just wanted to share this that I just totally found on a fluke, or just totally random. And I was just, like, really amazed. I, this like, is amazing. I want a copy. You yeah. Know, I want to find this scene yeah. somewhere. Wow. Yeah. So good. That was that, and uh, there's a um. I found this article about Tatiana de la Tierra. You know, one of the founders. So it's that article is mostly about her, but it through that it talks mm-hmm. about like the history of the zine. And unfortunately, she passed in 2012. Mm. And I, I feel like that's the thing. That's always the thing that I I hate is like when you find yeah. out yeah. about uh, particularly like a woman of color or a mm-hmm. queer woman of color. I feel like they're they've already yeah. you know have already passed on to mm-hmm. be with their ancestors. But the, it's great. It's st- as unfortunate that as that is. It's still wonderful that we have this legacy that we know. Yeah. yeah. I always say thank you at the end of your word, but it's just because you always teach me something that I didn't know. What? Bitch, I didn't know. There was a. Latina lesbian zine yeah. in the 90s that went international? International. Damn. It also just reminds me of like the more we think that we're creating um, something new, the more we realize that we're actually just an extension mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. like these badass Q-Pots who were before us. Yeah. I can't wait till some, like when we're like 50 or something and somebody's gonna be like can you imagine this amazing <laughs> podcast i found in the archive <laughs> they were just sitting in a living room yeah with nothing but one mic and a laptop because right. you know at that by then ain't gonna be no such thing as laptop Who it's knows just gonna what, be like right. some digital floating some, S- shit. some orb <laughs> <laughs> and so this podcast can continue and so we don't have to go bankrupt. We really don't. This is why we continue to urge you all to become con- community contributors. Because, they, again, they all that shit, most of this yeah. shit, you know, they had to do themselves. They learned themselves. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mention And that, that comes at a cost, right? Like yeah. Like, learning on your own. That means you make a lot of mistakes. Yep. All that stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the learning curve for that shit is, like, pretty steep. Hell Yeah. Printing a magazine? Yeah. I I mean, I've the only experience I have with that is watching uh, Living Single and how much flavor, flavor? struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Thanks, Nikita. I do what I can. Love. Turn you on. Turbulent, get you high up, then crash. Land it. Make you cuss when I play you rough. Freaky dicky and roll. Make you forget about your ex Send a tingle up your day Do I make you wanna have sex? Don't be scared to open up to me You're so perfect From what I can see Swear to God I wanna thank your mama For how her daughters Head, shoulders, knees and toes Look without no clothes Every time I see So that track that you just got a little taste of, um, instead of our usual transition, 
was the latest single from a Detroit-based baddie, Sienna Liggins. And so I'm going to put their at in the description and just needed to shout them out for that dope-ass track and also for sharing their music with us here at Queer Walk because, yeah, I know how much I love music of today (laughs) and how much Nikita Nikita loves music of of days before. I really (laughs) like that. Um, but we both agree that this was a bop. Yeah. And so I really dug it. Yes. So if you can if you're looking for it, like, oh, what song is that? It's gonna be in the description. It's called Naked by Sienna Liggins. It's on all the major streaming um things. I listen to it on Spotify. Nikita might listen to it on something called iTunes. So yeah, you can check it out in all the places. And again, I'll put a link in the description, but it's on all the Things. Look at Queer Walk getting you hip to some new shit. You know? And to some queer women of color musical content. Yeah. You know? That's just like, you know, get naked with your baby. Just put on naked. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, we are going to get into the topic now. Yeah. And I thought of this topic just because I'm kind of tired. Same. I'm tired of a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so the topic is gay shit we hate. Yeah. And what I mean by that is things that the culture has dubbed of us. Yeah. Queer pop community. Yeah. That we just sick and tired of or we we thought never should have been a thing in the first place. Right. Or just or something I'm just kind of like, meh. I mean, y'all go up for it, but meh. Right. Do you want to start? No, with, I want you to start. With gay shit you hate? I want you to start. Why you want me to start? You always want me thrown under. Okay. I hate musicals. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do. That's like I a just, direct hit. I know. Shots. <laughs> I'm coming out the gate. Blah! <laughs> oh, my God. I I don't. actually feel taken aback. <laughs> you told me to start. Shit. I just. They just annoy me. The wow. only musical that gets a pass for me is The Wiz. Okay. Other than that, you other bitches need to have a seat. Wow. I'm just tired. It's okay. like, the moment I realized I hated musicals was Glee. Okay. I was like, hmm, I, I, could, I could like this music if it wasn't interrupting my show. And that's how I feel about musicals. It's I like, mean, I get that. And I say that as uh, a bit of a closet, avid musical lover. I've I've seen no. I was about to say Chicago, but no. I because I've seen it live and everything, and it just still I feel like can you just talk? Like why why are we doing this? Oh, another song because it makes it. I don't know. I feel like it really like adds to the drama. It heightens the. The experience and the emotion that it is, is on my list of gay shit I hate and I need you to respect. I don't respect that. <laughs> I reject it thoroughly. All right, well, I'm going to go through your list and respect and reject too. I feel like people are going to think that this is us just taking shots at each other. <laughs> it's really not. Because this, this is why I wanted, you to, I wanted you to start off. Okay, what's your first on your list? And I say this, and I, I don't feel this way now, but. You about to go ahead. It just I really didn't see it for astrology for the longest. What? Yeah. I'm just kinda like, it's all garbage. It's not rooted in anything real. What? 
It's ridiculous. It is the science of our people. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I have never been here for it. I feel like I used to probably hate it. And now it's like, because I see how into it you and other people are, I'm just kind of like, okay. Like, I can allow it to be in the community, I guess. You out here talking about lesbian lunar societies, and you don't believe in astrology? I, I just don't. You not into astrology? No. Spoken like a true fucking Capricorn. What does that even just mean? obnoxious. No. What? It's just... It's, I, Nikita, it's when I read silly. your it's natal ridiculous. chart, you say that as if I didn't read your life in that natal chart. But it, it, it could have fit anyone. It could have fit anyone. It's just, it's just a coincidence. I think, I think it is just a coincidence that it had me nailed down to it. I think you are um, reducing astrology to horoscopes, and I'm is there offended a by that. Of course, astrology is the science. Okay. Horoscopes, I will give you. Okay, they're broad in general because they became like pop culture. Okay. But if you know the right places to look, oh, you can actually get. Me. Uh, a horoscope and if you use not only your sun sign but also um, your rising sign and your moon sign it'll give you a better sense of what's going on for you and here's another thing it's just not accessible I feel like I have to have a star chart I have to have a map I have to have an almanac I have to know when the tides are coming it's just too much I can't believe the same bitch who has a tribute tattoo to Harriet Tubman is denouncing astrology that's this is different that's astronomy ha- no Harriet was an astrologer okay she she was the original GPS before GPS sure astronomy and astrology are different but but they're interconnected are they yes. If you're talking about like the positionality of stars and stuff and what um what constellation was in what position on the time that you were born, that's that's your sign. Right the there. verdict, I feel like the verdict is still out for me. Uh, so all this positioning and such, okay, fine. I just I don't believe don't, that it impacts us on that level. If you can if you an an activist Sure. An organizer sure. can believe that our social, political, historical moments sure. can ripple out for generations. That movements build upon movements, build upon waves, sure. build upon movements. Sure. How is it a leap it's for different. you to believe that the position and point... That's not even a that, fair comparison. That the sky was in when you were born and the position and point that you were born in don't impact you. How how would the tides and where the stars are affect my personality, my way of being? It just feels like a stretch. Nikita. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, how is that a stretch? It just feels like a stretch. I feel like to me, astrology isn't about, oh my gosh, this ring's so true. But it's about like, it's just an extension of like my meaning making of like the, the world and like mm. the, the way I think about like, like ancestors who came before me and like all that stuff having impacts on my life. So too with the land and the earth and the sky, like these things impact me. And I do think that there's a commonality that people share based on the time of year they were born. You harangued me and handed me enough. Okay. My next one on gay shit. I hate Queen Latifah can't sing. Oh my God. (laughs) 
she can't. And this goes along with my musical hatred. Stop putting her in musicals. Wow. Love her. Cover girl. Love what you did there. Yeah. Really love everything you rap. Yeah. I think you are a rap legend. Um, set it off was transformative sure. to my queer childhood. That's about where it's <laughs> That's fine. That's a still very generous. I don't actually think I feel one way or the other about Dana Owens. Singing voice? Yeah. I don't feel one way I think, or the other. I think that's a strong stance for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I... do not have it told. I hear our... Um, numbers dropping. I hear our numbers dropping. I feel like we're, I'm hearing like people just like... Ah! <laughs> the gasps. Okay. What's your what's next on your list? The next thing on my list I hate cartoons in general. And someone I just I've I've hated cartoons. Nikita so people is are trying personally to, attacking me with her list. But and go people ahead. are like the the host from We See You Sis. Sid? Sid trashed me because I didn't I just don't know, didn't watch Steven Universe. I'm never gonna watch it. And this is, people are going to think I'm exaggerating when I say this. You're going to think I'm bullshitting. I, this is the guy's honest truth. I vividly remember being 12 years old. And so it's when uh, my mom and I moved to Texas the second time. We were staying with a friend. And I was sharing a room with her. And she used to watch Spongebob. And I just, I vividly remember, I remember the outfit I wore, I remember the outfit that she had on. I remember the time of day. I remember the weather. I remember, I vividly remember the day when I was like, I'm done with cartoons. I, I, I do not, I do not want to watch this. And I was staying with her and I was, and this is actually far more humiliating than I would, I don't I shouldn't even share this. It was summertime and the X Games were on. We know, which is, this is, I shouldn't even share. This is embarrassing. And for those who don't know, the X Games were like BMX bike riding, mm-hmm. you know, skateboarding. I was, I just like to watch that. Never did any of that shit, but I was amused by it. And I was like, I would much rather be watching the half pipe skateboarding than fucking SpongeBob. I vividly so, remember this. So this, this was not so, as much about animation as it was about you wanting to watch something no, else. No, it, 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 so, was, it was that, but I so also... So what you've done is you've projected... No, because oh. I remember. I was like, I don't every enjoy. Cartoon, every, I do not enjoy cartoons. What did cartoons do to you? I, they didn't do anything, but I just... It's just something about the animation where I'm just like put off by it. It's just... It just feels absurd. So how me. do you feel about things like the get down that mix animation with... Um, like, real life. Wow, that's so funny. I've never watched The Get Down, and now that you said that, I probably won't watch it. Fuck you. I just, I, I just, I don't know why. I just have a deep aversion. I just don't like them. It's just silly. Like, people just really into Spongebob, Steven Universe. Do you remember this one time? People? Yeah. Me, bitch. A lot of, a lot of people, a lot of queers broadly are just yes. always singing the praises of... Steven Universe yeah. specifically. But, th- I mean, there are things, there are like, um, what do you call it? Exceptions. Like, I like Bob's Burgers. You were Bob for last Halloween. Yeah. I don't, so, why just, is that an exception? I don't know. I don't know. But just like, generally. Because you are Bob? Is that why? I don't, I don't think we need to get into the details. But the point is, just cartoons. I just, ugh. 
I just, I don't like them. But you like musicals? It's different. It's not. It is. Because childish and petty okay, and I don't actually, understand like why we're doing it. No. There's nothing childish about... There, there's absolutely nothing childish about... About singing about singing, something that you could just plainly state. But it doesn't have, it doesn't give you, it doesn't, it doesn't affect you the same way. It doesn't have the same emotion with it. So similarly to animation. Oh then, yeah. That can, yeah. Something drawn with pens and colored with pencils. First yeah, of all, totally there's me. a lot of techniques oh, in animation, there's bitch. 3D. There's so much oh. technique. Okay. Shh, you will not do animation. My sister is an artist. Oh. Okay. Right. But she, she's not a cartoonist. It, but it. But it takes skill. I'm not, take I'm, not, sh- I'm not doubting the skill. I'm just saying what, it, what the skill produces, I'm just like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> oh, we need to end this segment Dude, right now. I, I, think the, I don't want I think there's the, nothing else on your list. I think the segment is the least of our words. I think, we're, I think we are really barely holding on to our friendship I'm at this like, point. How are we friends, Nikita? I don't know. Is it like an opposites attract thing? I think so. What scares me the most is I'm Capricorn rising, so I feel like I'm more of you than I would like to admit to myself, but I just refuse <laughs> to give up any kind of animated anything. It mm. is so joyous. No. So, speaking of, the next thing on my list is karaoke. Oh, okay. fuck. Okay. So, I already know my friends dragged me the other yeah. night for it. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I hate karaoke, and I don't understand why queers made it a thing that we have to like karaoke. Well, it's I don't get, you know what I hate about karaoke? You got to tell me even if I don't want to know. Because you know, I love to sing along to some shit. Yeah. I love to sing along horribly because I am not a singer. I love music. I get all of those things. But when you take the instrumental and bring it down to a kid's bop version and then put the lyrics on a screen, which to me just means that you don't really like this song. You don't really fuck with this song because you don't even know the lyrics. There are some of us. So they have uh, the lyrics on the screen for these people who don't truly like this song and then they get into this serious ass mode of singing and we all supposed to take it serious and clap. I'm no. I will not have it. What is it? I just don't... I will give no Jabari life to this cause. Musicals, karaoke. It's such a collective fun experience. It is not fun. It It is is not fun to hear somebody horribly sing one of your favorite songs. The only thing worse than hearing somebody sing something horribly is when that motherfucker... And you know what? I'm going to call out one of our friends by name. Sherry. <laughs> Sherry. Dr. Sherry Williams. Sherry Williams can fucking sing. And that's not somebody who I want to do karaoke with. Because it's like, I know that my voice is going to crack and it's going to hurt when I sing Whitney. But to me, that's that should nah. be the point of karaoke. If I could go and boo people... I would love karaoke. Like that was the worst Whitney ever. You want to be the Simon Cow? You will not always love me. Ah, like I would love to go. Yeah, bitch. You really don't have nothing. You actually not the greatest of all. You know, I will never. I I didn't realize you felt so strongly. I will. This mark my words. This is the last time I will ever utter a note. To sing an intro in a mental moment with money, no. I didn't realize you felt so strong. But it's different. That's different because it's not karaoke. You remixing karaoke is you I doing don't... like a cover 
Which, mm-hmm. oh, 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 say that again. You're doing Re- a cover. Repeat that into the mic slowly. A cover. That is essentially what karaoke. No, 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 no. It's not. It's different. And you're not. You're not doing a pure cover because basically, Ahmad said that covers are for people who have talent but no creativity. I think that's totally correct. Um, I think that you have creativity. So it's a different... You're remixing these songs to the beat. Karaoke. To the tune of. Karaoke. I feel like the thing... Does karaoke... It's, it's, about, that, sh- it's about showmanship or show person. Does that word mean like, kill my ears? Because that's what karaoke okay. is. But again, the thing I hate about karaoke is I'm supposed to pretend that I enjoyed you wow. butchering okay. my favorite song. Well... You know, I hope hell exists, and I hope it's nothing but an eternal stream of karaoke. Would, That's what I want for you. That would. That's please what I want do for not you. wish that on me. That's because what I want for you. I would. I, when I tell you, I would go. I would lose my mind. The lyrics on the, the screen. Next, you know what? The next. The next episode of Queer Rock is just going to be a whole <laughs> montage of each and every one of our individual friends singing their favorite karaoke song. I am the creator of this here program. Uh-uh. I would shut that shit down <laughs> immediately. We would have yeah. our quiet little final episode if that was the case. Wow. Quiet little final. Okay. <laughs> All right. What else is on your list? Okay. I'm not even saying that this is logical. And I, th- I think this person is actually really talented. But oh I'm just gosh. so mad about it. She's them. about to say it. It's Frank Ocean. Oh, my God. Okay. I feel like he's a little whiny. Don't 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 use any other descriptor. Do not. I'm not I'm not so I want to be clear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that I even think that he's a bad musician. But I'm just I just don't see it. I'm just I don't understand what the fanfare is about. I remember I listened to Channel Orange when it first came out and I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll go back to Swiffering my kitchen. That's that's how I felt, honestly. We gotta get away from music. We got because you just hurt me with that. Channel Orange was. I feel like Channel Orange got me through like a moment. <laughs> okay, Channel Orange got you through a moment, and it still it still bangs. Put on thinking about you right now. I like that song. Still bangs. I mean, but pyramids. His pyramids is just incredible. All ten minutes. Is of he, it. But is what, what is the allure? What what is what is the artistic merit of Frank Ocean? Art- like, he's not he's not that great of a singer. Yes, he is. What? I think he's all right. You didn't hear what? He, I don't I, I don't feel impressed. Nikita. He he ain't this no, man can sing. He ain't no Luther. I'm gonna. <laughs> so the next, thing, the next thing on my list was actually Luther Vandross. So no, it that? was not. It was not because you. That would be. I can't believe you that. think you think that Frank Ocean can't sing. I, I, I don't. I'm not moved by it. I don't think it's amazing. I'm not wowed by his singing by any stretch of the imagination. But also, like, but also, we have to think about what my musical tastes are. 
Okay. Like I love, you know, like because he don't have he don't have that church soul sound. I'm, yeah, I'm like an old school ballad '80s R&B kind of. Okay, person. but but I feel like Frank Ocean was one of the first voices who created this new wave of R&B sound that we have now. Right, like, like, like. What do you mean, like sonically or like vocally? Both. Okay, I I think I can't concede on the sonic point, but I mean, there's no. I mean, who are like. The, I mean, that actually underscores my point. Who are the R&B singers that... I mean, none of... Not a lot of them, I think, are just, like, phenomenal singers, though, either. Like, who? SZA? <laughs> I, I, and, you know, I love SZA. I love SZA. Wow. But, you know, she ain't you gonna bring, know she ain't gonna bring down SZA. no house. I think when SZA enunciates... Enunciation is actually the least... Kalella? Yeah, I like Kalella, but she's not, like, a... Like I'm not like wowed or like just overtaken by her voice. I think I think it's because you like like these power voices, yeah. and these people have like just a totally a different type of voice. It doesn't mean that they aren't sure, sure, as sure. good because yeah. they don't sing power. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll concede that. But it's not. I'm just not like well, you. So so even if you felt that way about his music, okay, you don't think that there's something inspirational magical about just like a queer black boy being like this is who i am don't and of, of course i do you trying to play me and i make dope ass beats yeah. and music and your favorite rapper is gonna want a song from me right that is about um i mean yeah of course that's about um him being alive him creating him producing in this particular moment that's powerful that's meaningful Again, that doesn't say anything to me about his artistry. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. The next thing on my list is Atlanta. The city? The city. (laughs) The The city. How do you have a whole (laughs) geographic region? Who has black pride in October? We have jobs, Atlanta. We, We have... Lives, Atlanta. Your airport? Trash. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sure, we like to see black people, you know, owning and operating and running shit. If we could get there, if it wasn't for your five lanes of traffic in each direction. um, The whole city, though? (laughs) There are parts of you that aren't even a city. I think, like, Atlanta is just, like, a fictitious made-up place somewhere in Georgia that... What does this even mean? <laughs> All of these communities decided to call itself Atlanta. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why all of the black queers were like, Atlanta is the place. When did you go to Atlanta? I went to Auburn. I was always in Atlanta. Oh, sure. Okay. <sighs> don't you scoff at me. No, I'm scoffing at, at Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Well, we're never going to see Atlanta in our top city, so thank you <laughs> no, for, no. for ruining that for this, us. This will be the only episode. They're like, she was talking shit about Atlanta. Zone 6. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Whatever wow. you call yourselves down there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. I just, to me, that like, what is it about Atlanta that it was like, oh, this is the the black queer mecca because... I don't know. I just think there were other cities we could have where s- decided on where? New Orleans. No, I, that's still, I still think it has. I mean, not um, maybe. Dude, is that Atlanta? 
kind of black queer mecca? Is that, is that even... That feels like a bit of a dated thing. Is that even... Do people still think um, of it as a yeah. black queer mecca place? Yeah. Where else? Brooklyn? Know. Oh, yeah. Syracuse? <laughs> I can't even get that out. I know. I somebody, that out. somebody is typing that tweet right now. This bitch shitting on Atlanta and she in Syracuse? Right. right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. It's just... Mm. Yeah. I'm going back to Atlanta next month, so we'll I see. I was about to say, you're about I to be at a conference there. Differently, but every time I hear the word, my eyes just roll. Wow. Yeah. I think we should end this list. Should Unless we? you want to do... Okay, you want to do one to even to, it out? I, okay. No, I don't. Go ahead. No. What you was going to say? No, I don't... I really what, don't. just rip my heart out? Were you going to say the WNBA? <laughs> I, yeah, that's... I mean, I'm just not a big... I mean, we know where I stand with basketball, so I'm not even... <laughs> this was awful. I, this was a bad idea for a top... <laughs> Bad, bad, bad idea. I feel like we are a podcast divided right now. Yeah, we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to do some kind of like team building, reunifying yeah. exercise after this. Cause so I feel like if you agree with money on her atrocious trash bullshit list, <laughs> hashtag queer walk, hashtag team money. Um, you know what? I'm actually gonna put up a poll on the Instagram. So make sure you're following us at Queer Walk Pod. Because oh my God. if you're hashtag team money and think that my list was actually solid. If you agree with me, then what I want you to tweet. I want you to mention money and send her clips of your favorite musicals. That's that's what we're going to do. That is so hateful. Is it? That is so. You know what I want you to do if you agree with me? I want you to spam flood Nikita. She always talking about the listeners never contact me. Tag her in all of your favorite Frank Ocean songs, Frank Ocean performances, his best outfits, whatever. Tag her. I would think. I think that he's. I would love to see Frank Ocean outfits. He's adorable. <sighs> I just want to hear that whiny, sad voice. <laughs> send her. Send her her uh, horoscope for the day. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, now that is actually... She's a Capricorn. <laughs> you know what? If you think that hate crimes are okay, then I want you to feel free to do I wish that. I knew your time of birth. I would say that so that people could just, could just spam you with your natal chart oh and be like, God. oh, this why that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, we're going to move it on along into the Curved Chronicle. Curved, curved, curved. curved. <laughs> That was real emphatic. <laughs> um, and I think I'm going to curve Nikita okay. because of that list of gay shit that she hates. I don't think that that's actually fair. And I'm, warranted. I'm just going to, you know, take applications for a new best friend because you know what? I don't know if I could actually You'll never call find. someone a biffle best friend for life if they thought that Channel Orange was Swiffer mopping music, okay? No, it wasn't even Swiffer mopping music, because remember, <laughs> I went back to Swiffer, Swi- <laughs> meaning I actually shut that album off. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this episode is over. <laughs> I'm so done. You hateful, hateful little gnome, you. <laughs> that was Hydest. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as Hydest. It is. I, me as a tall, I shouldn't say that, right? That's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. Just reverse heightism. Shut up. <laughs> All right, Nikita. You have any Curved Chronicles? I don't have any Curved Chronicles. Go ahead and use the hashtag to submit any topics that you would like us to cover that might help repair our friendship. <laughs> I think this is severed. Separate! <laughs> I don't know what that was, but okay, Nikita. Mm. Kelly in a bonnet. Damn, it seems like we just can't get a full episode these days. If we have a topic, we don't have a Curve Chronicle. And if we have a Curve Chronicle, we don't have a topic. That's all right. All right. And remember, you can always submit your (coughs) Curve Chronicles, which are your stories of dating woes or wins, to queerwalkpod at gmail.com. Yeah, because... I got nothing. I I just haven't been active. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Are you still LMA? Boo-doo-da-da. Boo-da. Indeed. Feelings. And we're solid. Solid as a rock. That's what this love is. My mom's aunt used to listen to <laughs> That song. <laughs> so yeah. I'm about to say Frank Ocean ain't no Ashford and Simpson. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> wow, you're such a fucking millennial. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So yeah, we're gonna end this episode. <laughs> yeah. This All train right. wreck. This is I feel so hurt. I don't even remember how to end the episode. Bye y'all.